0: Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Koopa, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at koopa.com forward slash podcast. Okay, so hello everybody and welcome to another special edition of the Location Technology Podcast by GORPA. Uh, we've got a special special episode for you today where we are joined by one of the co-founders of GORPA. So we're joined here today by Fabio. Fabio, did you want to give a quick introduction and uh, what's your title at GORPA? Sure.
1: So first of all, thank you, yes. Good to be here. Um, so I'm Fabio Belloni, one of the co founder of GORPA, Chief Growth Officer, and I'm leading the team that uh, is called Solution Management. We are responsible for the Coupa Roadmap Business Development uh, and Product Management of Coupa.
0: Perfect. All right. We'll we'll get a little bit more onto that later. But one of the things uh, that we have at Corpa is uh, is something called winter days. And we're asking all the co-founders which winter day they preferred. So there was there was Levy, where, where we went to uh, the north of Finland and went skiing and snowboarding. And we also went to Kormaior in, in Italy. So out of those two winter days, which was your favorite?
1: Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, both of them were excellent. Um, mm. But they were very different, one from the other. So even though the target was, at least personally, to go there and skiing, I love downhill skiing. Um, I, I grew up in the north of Italy, close to the mountains, so going, going skiing was definitely my passion, one of my passions. Um, uh, very hard to answer on this. So uh, Levi. so meaning going to the north of Finland, uh, being in Lapland, uh, it's, uh, it's a very... Uh, interesting environment. I mean, there are this uh, hill, very gentle, round hill. And uh, when you are on top of uh, one of them, you really feel like to be the, the, the king of the, uh, the world because you have uh, endless view all around uh, because everything else it's relatively flat. And uh, seeing the frozen lakes and uh, the amount of snow, fresh powder... Uh, whether you like to be on, on the piste, where you come down or in free skiing, um, it's uh, definitely an experience. Plus, when we were there, we had, uh, you know, sauna and uh, dipping in the frozen lake and uh, snowmobile, safari. So it was a combo of, uh, of different activities. And um, when we were in Courmayeur, the eh, environment very different. We were right next to the Mont Blanc, uh, on the border between Italy and France, and uh, you know, highest mountain in Europe. So uh, the the scenery was like day and night in a way. Um, very hard to say what I would prefer in terms of scenery. It probably depends on the on the day. <laughs> uh, but um, but also in Courmayeur it was great. I mean, we differentiated a lot with the activities uh, and. Uh, I personally was skiing pretty much the whole day, but in there we had a half day with the the ski teachers and uh, they were giving some tips on how to improve skiing as well as um, kind of explaining some of the history of the ski resort and Mont Blanc and talking about the professional that they really go up to, what, 4.8 kilometers and uh, through this narrow canyon and... uh, very slippery slopes <laughs> are able to to make all the way down i'm definitely not having the skills to do that if i want to come down in one piece <laughs> so but uh no it was it was a fantastic uh, two days and uh, um both in in levy and in, in in actually three days and um great memories and uh, one of the best thing was was the team i mean it's uh skiing is nice activity and sports are fun but uh, it's it's the old setup is the is the team with whom you do it and uh, and there was a lot of laugh and good time both during the day when sports was uh, uh, carried out uh, or the activities were carried out as well as in the evening uh, uh, or during the more official time when we were talking and brainstorming Around, you know, coup plan strategy. What well, we did well, what we did a bit less well, yeah, okay. so that we could improve. So, and, and I, and I love that the people were really in, uh, kind of committed, that they were, they wanted to participate, they wanted to share. Everyone was very talkative. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it felt good throughout.
0: Fantastic. Well, a bit of an ambiguous answer. I thought you were going to say Italy straight away because obviously an Italian chooses (laughs) Italy.
1: That would have been the way. Uh, Well, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, I've been... uh, So I'm 44 years old and uh, I came to Finland exactly 22 years ago. So I'm... uh,
0: Literally half and half.
1: Yeah. So I'm literally half and half. And uh, yeah, I spent some time in the US in between. So it's not really half and half still Italy wins in terms of number of years but uh, and of course my heart is still is still there in Italy but uh, but Finland is definitely my second home and my family lives here and uh, my wife is Finnish and uh, my kids are learning both uh, cultures Finnish and Italian culture. so it's it's um, uh, I, I've been a great promoter of uh, of taking even Italians to Finland to, to Lapland for going skiing and make them try something different. So um, that that's why it's it's probably not obvious that I would just answer yeah, it yeah, out. Sure.
0: All right, so so we're doing this uh, podcast series with the founders to get a little bit more information about, you know, how did they really get to where they are today? So let's let's backtrack a little bit and go all the way back to um, after sort of high school and and just before university. So so talk to me a little bit more about uh, your career from from that point onwards.
1: Oh wow! Really I know it's a long time. You really want to dig <laughs> into that part? Okay, well let me think. Um, uh, well, in, in high school, I, I, I took a technical high school, so I didn't go to the uh, Lyceum or, or in Italy we have uh, either, it's called the uh, Liceo Scientifico or Liceo Classico or Liceo Linguistico. There are like different branches of Lyceum depending if you want to be more close to the human science or humanistic sciences or, or to technology. And in my case, I, I decided after middle school to, to go straight into into technology. My, my father was, was working for Telecom Italia, and uh, I like it for some reason, <laughs> telecommunication and engineering and all that part. So uh, I, I just decided that, uh, yeah, I wanted to to get practical. Uh, so when I was, what, 15, uh, I... I Joined a technical high school and uh, I enjoyed very much. Uh, had a very good time and uh, I'm still connected to to a lot of my classmates from that time, which uh, uh, which is actually always great when we, we get together even after these many years. So so I took a technical high school. Uh, uh, very much enjoyed that. Uh, it was uh, uh, it was in the neighboring town in, in Legnano. Uh, and. Uh, and I only have positive memories, uh, which I'm not going to disclose here. <laughs> there are some of those that are definitely not something that we want to talk in a podcast. But, uh, um, yeah, we, we had a blast during, during those years. And then, uh, and then at the end uh, of, of the high school time, uh, I, I decided that I wanted to go to study engineering. And I enrolled to the University Politecnico di Milano. Uh, in Milan and uh, that's where I started at the university time and then after three years of, of university I, I decided that uh, okay maybe it's time to go a year abroad and to get to know and experience something different and just uh, living at home and living in Italy and uh, um, that's where I applied for the Erasmus program uh, this one year exchange within Europe and I uh, uh, long story short, uh, I ended up in Finland, uh, a little bit by accident. <laughs> was it the wrong flight? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I took the, the right flight, but uh, originally I applied for going to, uh, to go into London, uh, but they were looking for a master thesis students while I was a regular student. So then uh, I started to bounce uh, through different universities until when... Uh, uh, literally by, by accident thanks to a, a friend of mine, Diego that was assigned to come to Finland uh, I ended up in Finland Finland was my third choice originally uh, so anyway I definitely had a strong uh, feeling and attraction for the lake region and for the forest and the nature and Nordic in general so when I had the opportunity to come to Finland I was, uh, was extremely happy and uh, came here uh, had a very good time uh, during that uh, that year of Erasmus It was a tough year a lot of studying but also a lot of parting so <laughs> it was and I met a lot of great people uh, from all around Europe that we are still in contact with and, um, and uh, yeah and then uh, uh, at the end of that experience I started to work for the university uh, that was my very first project on location technology it was summer 2002 no yeah summer 2002 I think it was the first project I did on location technologies and then uh, uh, then uh, then I came back to Finland after a year after finishing my studies in Italy for my master thesis and then uh, I continued after the master thesis with my PhD and uh, close to the end of my PhD the the uh, Nokia was uh, was was uh, looking for uh, someone uh, able to code uh, and and design algorithm for uh, direction finding and location technologies. So that's uh, how I ended up uh, continuing working on position technologies and uh, uh, ended up uh, actually at Nokia Research Center. That was what two thousand and. 2006, 2006 maybe yeah that's uh, yeah 2006
0: it's definitely a long running joke in, in Finland that you know everybody everybody works at Nokia
1: <laughs> well there is a strong likelihood that, yeah. that if you yeah. ask the background of the people in Finland uh, uh, they might say that uh, at some point of, of, of their life they they work at Nokia or they work externally had some kind of connection connection to, to Nokia to, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but that was uh, that was a good time that was a uh, uh there was the time where i was approaching the end of my phd i was actually thinking what am i going to do next Uh, i knew i would not stay in the academia i enjoy my time there but uh, i always been very interested in uh, applied technology so like how to uh, put the technology at the use of other people or for building products and uh, uh, what's the value of the technology behind the math and behind the engineering part? That, that has always been a, a kind of of interest for me and, uh, and uh, yeah, so when I joined Nokia, uh, uh, I joined uh, Kimmos Group.
0: So, well, this was actually leading me on to, my, on to the next uh, next question, so how did, that, how did you like, meet the, the other co-founders, the five co-founders, and, and the main thing is what was your first impression of them like initially?
1: I was very good. I, I, yeah, no, it was very good. It's uh, you hesitated for a moment. No, no, no. I, no, I didn't. No, no. Uh, Kimmo was. uh, I actually met Kimmo while I was preparing to defend my PhD thesis. So Kimmo was uh, uh, actually wait. No, maybe I'm mistaken. No, I I met Kimmo before defending my PhD thesis. But then when I really started to interact with him was, uh, and, and talk to him uh, was uh, when preparing for the defense, uh, Kimmo was one of my opponents. So in Finland, when you defend your PhD thesis, uh, uh, typically you have two professors, one from Finland and one from abroad. And so Kimmo was uh, the, the kind of local uh, opponent. And then I had a professor from North America, from U.S., and um, and it was uh, it was great. So we I think we we clicked already uh, at that time, and I found it fascinating when Kim was describing what he was doing at uh, Nokia with his team. who was already a team leader back then, and then uh, after the the old defense, uh, we started to to cooperate on a project and to to work into something more concrete. And I was. Uh, very lucky that that part of what I was uh, doing uh, for my PhD was actually able to land in some prototype product so that was uh, that was definitely very very good it was very motivating for me and uh, I felt very very lucky
0: I guess it's quite a rewarding feeling when you know it actually gets taken into into use
1: yeah it, it is and I know that uh, it's, it's 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 not it's not a given that that what you work for many years in a PhD, can, can actually find even just for a prototype uh, and uh, an application in in the real life so so that was good and then uh, uh, and then i started to work as an external at nokia um for i think almost two years before i actually joined chemo team as an internal and uh, already when i was an external i met uh, uh, auntie and villa uh, and uh, hannu and uh, people that uh, they they then became kind of kind of Cooper. Then then later on Carl uh, as well. Carl was not working in uh, in Kimo's team here in Finland. Uh, Carl was actually working in North America. He lived there for what ten years, and he was uh, uh, we we ended up uh, uh, working with Carl because of uh, of a demo. So he was working for a team doing indoor mapping. And uh, map creation, uh, I don't recall now uh, the, the name of the team, but it was focusing on uh, really mapping the indoor environment. We had uh, location technology, so we had the dot, he had the map. <laughs> so it was easy to, to kind of come together and uh, put the dot on the map. And, uh, and that's how we, we literally started to, to, to work together. And that was, what, 2010, uh, so a couple of years before and then Coupa was founded so
0: so, so d- during the early days when when you founded Cooper what was like that that transition period from Nokia and, and how did you kind of remember those first days was it like was it really challenging did you kind of feel like it was a side hustle that you were trying to do or, or how, how did you
1: feel about it the beginning? Um, it was uh, it was a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. I feel that um, that that's uh, yeah I mean I I remember that that time uh, um quite uh, quite well because uh um I had uh, uh two small girls uh, at that time and uh we we were discussing within my family okay what I'm going to do next what what's going to happen uh, Nokia was undergoing uh, some big transition so uh, anyway, the, the, it was a time for a change and, uh, and uh, of course jumping into an adventure where you, you, you are a co-founder in a company, it, it loads you with a lot of responsibility because you first of all need to invest money into that so, and, and also you never know when you're going to ever make your first salary, where you're going to ever get your first paycheck. The only thing you know is that you, you got to work a lot. Mm. And that's what we did. I mean, we, we invested uh, money into the company and then we started to work uh, like donkeys. I don't, I don't have any other way to describe that. It was long days. and uh, but, but I have uh, very good memories around that time. I remember when we established Coupa, uh, we never discussed roles like uh, who does what. I mean, it was, in our mind was clear who, who had to do what. So we, we just established the company and then uh, we just started to work on it and everyone knew what to do. It was easy uh, to be honest back there because uh, the, the strategy within the company was, was clear what we had to achieve. Everyone knew what uh, his role and responsibility was and uh, and then we started to grow Uh, the first uh, we were a bunch of was it five six engineers back then and uh, uh, neither one of us was sales so we were we were trying to to do sales and we we succeeded we actually managed to close some deals from the very beginning but um, i think that uh, a lot changed for the for the best when uh, when thomas came came on board uh, which is currently our head of sales, still after, what, nine years, eight mm-hmm. years. So it definitely was refreshing to have a completely different mindset into how to talk to customers, go to market, show the value proposition. And uh, and, and like always, it's a, it's, it's a healthy challenge to be able to have people within the organization that... Uh, approach the same problem from a very different angle you know if the team is too homogeneous in a way mm. you just tap on each other's shoulder and think yeah we're doing the best yeah we're yeah, good yeah. we're good while you might not
0: like a, like a fresh set of eyes is actually always always good correct the kind of project you work
1: on. correct so the, i i'm i really believe in the value of having mixed teams and uh especially when work on large projects you got to be able to have someone that challenges the status quo that uh Always in a constructive way, but but always kind of throw the table the what if. Uh, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you can never be sure that you are really understanding and analyzing all. That. And you might omit some uh, obvious uh, uh, decision that otherwise you should have taken right at the beginning. But anyway, so we we started to work. Um, and uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, we we were understanding each other uh, very well because we knew each other for what five, six years already back then. Um, the challenges started when we started to grow and we reached, was it about 10, 12 people? Because suddenly we had to have a meeting. So we never had meeting for like maybe two and a half years. We never had to have a meeting because everyone knew what was happening. And then suddenly, we had to have a meeting. And that was already a, a kind of milestone. It was like, okay, now we need to... Yeah, order, this right? is getting so serious. Yeah, yeah. so we, we need to have a meeting because I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to synchronize. And then the, other, then the company kept on growing uh, until when we reached around uh, 30 people. And um, that was the time where the new uh, hires, they were asking, who am I supposed to report to? Because we didn't have an organization. I mean, we didn't really have a chart, or everyone knew what what needed to be done. Yeah, and and uh, like hierarchy. Of, yeah, there was no hierarchy. I mean, the company was pretty flat. Yeah. The chart, there was, there was Kim, was the CEO, and then pretty much everyone else. Then suddenly, okay, we need to organize the company, build the teams, uh, start to say to people who do they report to. and But it was all good. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was challenging because it's like, It's like a kids going through different stage of growth and uh that that was the time where maybe we were uh, like in the elementary school so we we kind of graduated to to be able to be a little bit more organized pay attention to what was happening around and uh and the other milestone was when we reached about 50 people uh that was the time where suddenly we were asked what's your strategy what's your mission what's your vision and uh, so we actually had to be able to communicate that in a clear way, both inside and outside the company. So that has been another major step in the maturation of the company, and um, and we are still we, we, we are still growing and, and maturing uh, uh, even today. But one of the latest great milestones was when uh, when Sami uh, joined the team. So and having uh, then an external CEO uh, bringing in uh, a a much more organic uh, view into how to go to market as a product company, as a solution company, instead of as an engineering company Mm -hmm. that our Coupa has always been uh, since the very foundation. I think that that transition between an engineering company to a solution company, which is still ongoing, uh, it's a process we started about a year ago, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very great maturation step. Great,
0: lovely to hear. So, so how did your role at board, uh change? Because obviously you, the things that you do today are not necessarily the same as the things that you are doing in the beginning.
1: No, that has changed a lot over the years. I mean, we... Uh, when, when the company was created, I think one of my very first title was uh, CMO, so I was the Chief Marketing Officer and... Uh, uh, quite shocking to hear. Yeah. <laughs> think about it. I was the CMO and the um, uh, Customer Support. So I was doing C- uh, yeah, uh, marketing and customer support all at once. Uh, but I was also a little bit of the sales, I was also a little bit of the QA and testing the product. Uh, you know, like uh, anybody that is listening to us that has worked in a small company or open his own company, I'm sure you have experience having to wear many hats uh, depending on the needs. And uh, it's very dynamic, I loved it. Uh, but then when you when you grow you got to be able to organize and delegate. Mm. I have to say that the delegation is always, not always easy, as part of the growth.
0: Sometimes hard to let go. On, sometimes. On certain things. Yeah,
1: sometimes it's hard to let go, and uh, and one yeah. of the things I always look personally when I when I hire someone in my team is is the trust. I need to trust the person to work in my team, mm. because that's what makes me feel good of delegating the work and. Uh, Uh, So that that was a part of my personal maturation and and also part of the growth of uh, of Coupa. So I've been uh, been the CMO, I've been leading the support team. Uh, Then uh, uh, I've been the general manager of uh, Coupa USA. Uh, When we established the the company in North America, I moved there. And uh, with the help of uh, Kimmo and the whole executive team of Coupa, uh, I was responsible to really set up the entity, uh, lawyer accounting, uh, hire the first few people inside company to create like a core team. That's where Tom and Kevin came on board. And, uh, and then I left and I came back to Finland. So I for me, it was always a temporary assignment to be there. But it was a great experience family. So,
0: what was the kind of driving factor for, for opening that stage based on
1: There were there were many factors. I mean, the business was growing, uh, and uh, we we really believed in North America, and we wanted to have uh, uh, kind of foot on the ground, uh, kind of legs on the on the on the ground. People be able to be quick, at responding to customer needs, being the same time zone. And uh, so establishing something in North America came pretty natural and on a personal level there was a time I was flying to us uh, once twice per month I just wanted to stay married <laughs> <laughs> so you know when, uh, when, when you travel you come upon your life that, that you you just end up traveling so much then uh, for me family is very important and uh, uh, I yeah, it was important to me to to be able to balance the work and family life. So it came to a point that it was too much and then uh, within Coupa we all agreed that it was time to establish something there. Uh, so it was uh, uh, it was a great opportunity for me to to explain within the family that now we are undergoing a transition and as part of that, uh, they embraced the challenge to move to North America for for some times and to to we sent the the kids there at school. Uh, my wife took uh, some time off work uh, to sabbatical to study something else, and it was a family commitment yeah. to, to to establish the company. But uh, I think that uh, we still carry today fantastic memories about the time we lived there, and uh, and we. Now, especially that the pandemic is is behind us, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. then uh, we we are looking forward to to go back there for some holidays in the very near future. So, but uh, yeah, it, it has been um, a roller coaster of uh, sometimes uh, planned actions that uh, have uh, taken me personally into certain directions. Sometimes have been uh, a combination of factors and. Uh, Suddenly, I was carried into that direction. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not complaining. So so far, so good.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> All right, that's really good to hear. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about uh, today and uh, what's happening. So you you have a you have a new team now, a newly established team at the beginning of this year. So what is it? What is it about that team that uh, you're doing and kind of where's where's the value there? Yeah, um,
1: it's uh, it's it's actually a a. a, a another step in, uh, in, in my personal career development because going uh, from uh, our core researcher, jumping into doing some uh, uh, product marketing at Nokia time, then in Coupa doing some marketing and support, uh, customer support, uh, then then uh, leading the whole support team, then back to general manag- being the general manager of uh, an entity and then back to uh, leading the support team and now i'm uh, i'm actually trying to take all the learnings that i have accumulated during the year both technically and uh, commercially and trying to package those uh, into understanding how Koopa as a solution company can serve our customer so i love to um, interface with uh, our customers and partners, uh, and to understand uh, what are the pain points uh, and, uh, and leverages that, that they, they, they are seeking for uh, using our technology. And sometimes those pain points uh, or, or needs or requirements are technical. Sometimes they are commercial and uh, they are not disjoint. Sometimes they are actually interlinked. And depending on who you talk, uh, uh, they might give you one side before the other. And then uh, you maybe need to find the interconnect. So I, I always loved to, to kind of walk the line, uh, not in a bad way, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but walk the line in the sense of having technology on one side and uh, the more like commercial aspect of the technology on the other. Because I'm, I'm personally a, a great believer that you can have the best technology in the world, but if you cannot communicate the value of the technology... It kind of dilutes the core value as well yeah. uh, so so the best combination is where you have a great product and you can communicate that value so that's the best combo and uh, uh, that's that's in a in a, a heart in a in a in a in a yeah, in a in a, in, a in, in short what what is that I try to do every day I try to think uh, uh, of uh, of the needs of the customer and how our products can satisfy those needs whether they are technical or commercial doesn't matter the team that I've been given it's a great one people that I trust and people that comes from very different backgrounds and uh, and I'm learning from the team I think that that's that's to me is what keeps me motivated uh, uh, I I uh, trust me I uh, I been in a long time at Coupa, but I'm still learning how our technology can be used or it's perceived and uh, or could be reshaped and packaged to satisfy the uh, the, the different projects that, that we need to deliver. So I find all of that motivating and working with talented people with different background. Uh, I like the challenge every day, so. Every day is a school day. Every day is a school day. Yeah. Every day is a day that you, you might end up learning something new.
0: Great. So so how about the, the future of Goppa over the next... I, I won't say over 10 years, because I think that's that's a little bit too far in the distance, but over, over the next, like, three three to five years, where, where do you see uh, Goppa going as, as a company or what are we really going to be trying to focus on?
1: Well, Goppa Cooper, has been... Um, uh, um, around now for 10 years, which is, by the way, a long time. Uh, I tell you you something like a small anecdote. I mean, when we founded the company, I remember we were discussing that uh, uh, what is the commitment that everyone is willing as founders to put into remaining at Coupa and to work, uh, you know, solely for Coupa. And uh, at that time, uh, uh, we were thinking about, uh, yeah, three, four years commitment. Uh, uh, that's what we're willing to, to put in, or we feel comfortable to put in. And uh, I mean, now, 10 years after, I think we are as committed as we were <laughs> at the at the very beginning. So uh, when we founded Coupa, four years was looking such a long time. And now, after 10 years, it looks like yesterday <laughs> that we founded the company. So the... the 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 time really moves fast but but to to your question uh when we founded coupa 10 years ago the 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 old market about location technologies especially for indoor i mean outdoor was uh, a little bit more mature there were fleet management gps was uh, already into the, 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 the mobile devices and application leveraging GPS were uh, flourishing at, at that time or, or started to come to market at that time. Um, so the, the, the business of indoor location, indoor, uh, digitalization, uh, industry 4.0, all of that, they are just a relatively modern uh, realization on how Uh, location technologies and digitalization could serve different needs for the different markets so uh, when we established company the overall market no matter which vertical it was in the infancy it was uh, newly born and uh, uh, nowadays after 10 years uh, we we are seeing uh, the the time of uh, crossing the chasm you probably ever heard this many times meaning that the end customers that are getting aware of how location technology can benefits their needs are not just the very uh, early adopters or the very techy and most, most innovative company but we started to see the early majority a kind of awakening to uh, the opportunity of so, Coupa has been uh, good during the past 10 years to uh, prove uh, the value of, of his offering and to create a fantastic ecosystem uh, with many company uh, open at uh, collaborating uh, and uh, and uh, growing the, the, the market. Um, but, uh, but now we are at the time in which uh, we really need to uh, convince the already majority that uh, location-based services uh, are not just uh, a nice-to-have, but they are a must-have. Must-have because they can very concretely provide the return of investment and improve the productivity, safety, and, uh, and all the other uh, great use cases that every vertical market is seeking at achieving. Coupa, in this respect, uh, has been uh, changing with the needs that the market and the customer are bringing up. So, at the very early stage, the challenge was, uh, does it work? Does the technology work? Uh, yeah. and, uh, and that's what we have solved uh, and answered for many years. Does it even work? Is it just marketing? Uh, now we are at the time in which we have a pretty good pedigree and track record of uh, projects uh, across the globe and now the question is not whether it works or not or not the key question is how can i scale it how can i take this platform and uh, shaping it to maximize my return of investment as an end customer as an adopter of location-based services and coop has been evolving over the years to be able to uh, r- respond to the, to the market needs. And that's why we are now moving from an engineering company to a solution company, because it's not just about the technology now. Now it's about building and enabling the solution creation.
0: Sure. So ex- exciting times ahead.
1: Very exciting time because challenges are different and because the questions are different, the answers are different, and uh, and we need to uh, mature in our way of thinking. So even the partner company that we work with nowadays, we talk about you know integration or overlay of our platform over existing platform like you know five G Wi Fi uh, lighting. Uh, uh, technology and infrastructure that already are within the premises and how that can be leveraged to maximize the, the return from the end customer. These are relatively modern questions and challenges mm-hmm. because a few years ago, uh, it was a different set of, uh, uh, of constraints that were in front of us. So it's, um, it's important that, that, that uh, as much as you stay truth, your value as a company and especially as a founder and uh, and and be able to contribute daily to, to drive the company in the in the towards the mission and the vision uh, that that we can also uh, adapt and change the course based on the challenges that are put in front of us and and also realize when when you're wrong so yeah. sometimes we make assumption and then we are proven wrong and we uh, and, and then we change and we are re uh, the course
0: perfect all right so uh, uh, i've got one more question and one more question that i've asked you have a remember. long list of <laughs> questions <laughs> we've done well for time but um at gulpa we always have this kind of um feeling of family and togetherness and this look like, we call it the gulpa spirit so right. i'm i'm asking all the founders how would you define what is the gulpa spirit
1: oh that's a good one um I think in the Kupa spirit, uh, it's uh, it's it's rooted into into trust. It's rooted into into the fact that even though we are now what 60 plus people at Kupa, um, people from different uh, background, uh, I think that we are spanning across uh, maybe 20 nations uh, nationalities within the the, the company. Uh, different professional uh, careers uh, but now that we are here the, the I think that the Coupa the, the Coupa uh, root values are really uh, are really buried in, in, in the trust in the concept of trust that uh, you trust that my colleagues uh, are, are here to uh, contribute to the best of their capability to drive this company in a certain direction to make these companies uh, uh, able to deliver uh, what makes our customers successful. So kind of putting the, the customer and the partner first, and then trying to find the best way to satisfy the needs. And in finding those best way to satisfy the needs, having constructive and proactive discussion on how this packaging of our technology solution or platform can, f- can come together. And um, uh, we have many opinionated people as it should be, uh, but I think that uh, nobody is in love with his own opinions. And I think that that's one of the best thing. So when we discuss, everyone has the freedom, no matter where you sit in the organization, to put your opinion on the table, if you wish to, to share that. And then uh, I feel that every opinion is considered and uh, weighted and uh, evaluated and then uh, decisions are taken. And when decisions are taken, then everyone kind of aligns behind the decision and tries to move ahead. And and that's what I consider trust is, is the fact that even in the discussion, you can trust that even though I don't understand what you really mean, but I trust that you have the same goal as mine ergo i really want to understand where do you come from um, i think that that builds this sense of togetherness and uh, and also empathy is of course uh, good so that you know people can have challenges uh, personal challenges business challenges any kind of challenges and when the time is challenging then uh, everyone should have the freedom to to surface that and then uh, not feel isolated into that so it's uh, it's a combination of things that's how the core team of Coupa has always been as founders and for us it's very important that as we grow that sense of togetherness of accomplished together it's carried out across the the company because it's never a solo it's never a person that is able to close or to make a project successful there is always a team behind
0: Wonderful. That's a very lovely answer. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, that's that's all we've got time for today. And uh, thank you, Fabio, for being on this podcast. I know you're a very busy man, so I'd let you go. But um, I really appreciate your time.
1: I love when you call me up for, for discussion. Yes. So thank you for having me here. And thank you all the listeners for tuning in.
0: Wonderful. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thank you. Bye.